Do you expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. Drop it. Duncan and Book come correct. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Duncan and Bo Come Correct, uh, an ever evolving show. Uh, I am Bo Ranstell. With me, as always, the uh, the sexual to my chocolate, <laughs> Duncan McLeish. How are you, sir? <laughs> Weirdly hungry and now aroused. Yeah, um. sure. <laughs> um, so, look, when we said we were going to go monthly, there were there were naysayers, Duncan. I had heard this. People that don't trust our infinite wisdom. Yeah, who are like, well, we can just write this show off. This is just this is going to be nothing now. This is going to be a bunch of a bunch of grabassery. Oh <laughs> and to that we said, nay, Duncan, nay. <laughs> so, uh, and and instead. Uh, we're still kind of figuring out, I think, the front end of the show a little bit, but uh, so we're going to try something a little bit different today. Then, of course, we have uh, questions for our audience, mm-hmm. turning the tables on them. Oh, yeah. turning the, I love it when we turn the tables on them. Our, our audience has been getting a little big for their britches, if you ask me, Duncan. Yes, and, britches. <laughs> and so we said, hey, how about you answer some questions if you're so smart? And, uh, and, and that has been a tremendous amount of fun. And then on the back end of this, we'll, uh, we'll catch up on some recent watches and talk about some movies, but Duncan, uh, on the front end of this, before we, we get our guest today on the line, Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to say, I have been going down a bit of a rabbit hole (laughs) with, uh, Salem's lot stuff. Mm. Yeah, we we touched on this very briefly when you made your appearance on the Wanniverse show for Podcast Under the Stairs. We did, and I wanted to kind of pivot that into a, a different conversation. But so I watched the uh, the Roblo miniseries mm-hmm. because I had I'd only seen it the one time, and I was like, I don't think this is very good. And then I went back and I watched it again, and I I came away from it thinking I don't think this is very good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Rob Lowe's bad in it. Uh, I just think that it's uh, in a lot of ways it feels closer to the book, but it kind of I think misses the spirit of the book in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Um, also, <laughs> it led me to go back and watch the original Salem Slot miniseries from Toby Hooper, which is. Very different. Well, not very. It's substantially different from the book in that the main vampire uh, in the Toby Hooper miniseries is just a Nosferatu monster. Yes. Which is a million times better, it turns out, than Rutger Hauer wearing a hat and having a little soul patch, uh, which is what happens in the Rob Lowe one. And then I've been reading the book. I'm about a little more than halfway through the book now. And which led me to think, Duncan, mm-hmm. uh, and this is the question I want to pose to you before we, we get our guest on, is what is the best vampire fiction and or movies? What is the best vampire movies? That's right, Duncan. <laughs> <laughs> what are vampire movies? Good, good, Duncan. I, I, I love that we started this episode by basically seeing that our listeners you know should have had faith and us going monthly and then we have completely undone that by not having the ability to conjugate a sentence correctly <laughs> me talk good duncan you do <laughs> um yeah no it's sometimes just the tongue you know how it is uh mm-hmm. it, it has its own agenda but what i'm getting at duncan 
is if if someone came to you and said, you know, I love vampires or or I just have never seen good vampire stories told in either literary or cinematic form. That's how you Mm -hmm. do that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What what do you recommend? Like just off the top of your head, what do you say? Like, oh, you should watch this or you should read this. It's weird because like of all the subgenres, vampirism tends for the most part not to be something I acclimate to, if you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. if I, when I when I sit down and think about what I want to watch, it's really and it's the baggage that comes with it. You know what I mean? It's one of those subgenres specifically that starts with such an iconic like that the idea of Dracula is an image which even if someone has never watched a horror movie or you know they they know what Dracula looks like and chances are it's the universal image of what Dracula looks like. It's it's really weird. Um and as a result of that, even when we tackle different sort of movies that cover vampirism where you watch them and all the different facets, and it's one of those ones that's become immensely versatile. It's almost like cannibalism. Uh cannibal movies come in all weird and wonderful shapes and forms. Um and so the vampire movies, you know, we can we can fit them into everything from, you know, kind of teen romance movies right through to just like avant-garde art house movies. When it comes to I think the ones that I have filmed in time that I gravitate towards the most are the ones that kind of skirt the idea of whether or not, you know, belief in yourself as being a vampire ultimately confirms the existence of vampires. So like a movie like Martin, for example, mm-hmm. I think is, is a fucking great example of that. But when we we spoke last year on Podcast Under the Stairs about like movies like Habit or Addiction are also great examples of or more recently a movie like Transfiguration, um, which I thought was, you know, it was kind of Martin-esque, but you know, I really en- enjoy those those sort of ones, you know, where it's it's not you know overtly clear that vam- vampires are a real thing, out with the the key tenets of you know they they can't go out in sunlight and they drink blood. Um, you know, if that's what we're talking about, well, anyone can do that. But I can avoid sunlight. I've been doing it most of my life. Um, <laughs> I'm you know Scottish, I mean? <laughs> for God's sakes. <laughs> you know what I mean, and a, like the the idea of consuming blood to live on. I could probably, I could probably make myself do. I don't know how happy I'd be, but you know, these sort of that's where I find myself really interested. But if we're going down like the core of just like out and out, right? Vampires are a supernatural creature and what are the big ones? I mean, we've spoken me and you've spoke at great length on your Asian horror movie. Thirst for me is a thumping mm-hmm. great example of how you can take the mythology, twist it and and kind of reinvigorate it. Let the right one in. I can't say enough good things. I'm just going to be quoting movies that everyone universally thinks is great. Um, but Let the Right One In is a brilliant one. Uh, Jarmusch's Only Lovers Left Alive, I think, is a really great example of... Uh, it came out about the same time as Kiss of the Damned, which I think are both really good examples of understanding how time would be a weariness to something that at the at the onset would seem like such a great gift. I think those are really interesting ones as well. Uh, but then, like, I've got a soft spot for Hammer Horror as well. So I think sure. I'm giving you every every vampire movie ever made. So, so. all vampire movies, says Duncan. <laughs> right off the back of me saying, you know, I don't really like the subgenre. Near Dark, to me, is about as good a vampire movie, conventional vampire movie, as you will ever fucking see. 
I think that movie is still to this day an incredible example of a mismatch of two completely different uh, kind of styles of cinema together to produce something which might be a perfect movie to me. I think Near Dark is pretty much as perfect. Like on any given day, my favorite vampire movie ever made is Near Dark. So it's that's a real good film, no doubt about it. That bar mm-hmm. scene is really something. Fucking incredible! It's just it's just everything I want from like uh, a kind of 80s vampire movie and we got loads of them yeah. <laughs> but then like part of I know like if we're speaking about this if you don't mention Fright Night I'm going to get upset sure. like there's it's such a versatile maybe it is the most versatile like slasher movies are slasher movies they have to follow a set of rules and supernatural movies or well, or like ghost movies have to follow kind of ghost logic Maybe vampirism is the subgenre, is the most versatile out of the lot to its detriment. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, yes, I think you're right. I would throw on a list. Mm-hmm. I would do the Spanish 30s Dracula over the American. I would agree with that. I would recommend some of the Hammer stuff, I think is quite good. Uh, my- Taste the Blood. Oh. uh, taste the blood of dracula is real good i'm a big fan of brides of dracula which does not feature christopher lee but is a great vampire story Mm -hmm. and also has some really iconic kind of vampire imagery in it there's one where a woman like rises from a flower bed that i think is really great i would uh i would throw into that mix i might even throw a, a curveball like something like vamp from the 80s which is real 80s yeah, and I, I kind of love it. You yeah. put Grace Jones in anything, yeah. I don't know, and I'll I'll, I'll be a happy camper. <laughs> it, it's it, that's a real interesting movie. Certainly, the Toby Hooper Salem's Lot. Like, like the more monstrous a vampire is, typically the more I'm gonna like the movie. Yeah, I, I would even like pivot something like um, the Wardawak from uh, yeah. Bava's uh, Black Sunday. Black- Black Sunday, yeah, I think um, I said once again, it's it's kind of got that kind of old fashioned folklorish tale thing, and I mean, it helps that you have one of the greatest on screen like uh, horror actors of his day in a row with all those funky weird colors, and and there's a Salem's Law esque quality to the vampires in that mm-hmm. that I can't imagine Toby Hooper didn't see. And also, let me let me throw this at you, Duncan. Mm. Uh, getting away from from just simple films, I would say if you've never read it, I am Legend, which is a very different take on vampires, where it's yes. very much a virus. Mm-hmm. But it is an excellent book, and not only that, Duncan, it is maybe the most influential horror novel that I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah, I mean, it's had well at this stage now we're talking about just. Like three movies that directly cite it as you know its core for adaptation, and none of the three um, are you know in line specifically with what actually happens in that book. Uh, They all kind of skirt around it and do their own take on it. But yeah, this will tickle you, by the way. Um, Well, I could be tickled. (laughs) We we do talk about how like emotionless a monster I am in general uh, is maybe, I think uh, I Am Legend is maybe one of only two, three books that I have actually cried while reading. Uh, the, that dog, the dog thing always sure. cuts me up. 
and that's the power of that book, you know, is it, it extracts fluids from my tear ducts. Um, <laughs> why, why do you cry? Yeah, so, um, so, yeah, it's, it's fucking great. And, and weirdly, I, I'm not. A, I, I'm actually not a fan of the, the Will Smith version at all, and I'm not saying that to try and be some hipster or be cool about it, but uh, Vincent Price's Last Man on Earth is fucking great, and I have a, a like a strong irrational love for the Omega Man like really, really I think Charlton yeah. Heston is fucking great in that movie and he's a guy whose politics is you know instantly repulsive to me but he is he is a, he's fucking great in that movie this is really good and it captures Omega Man does a pretty good job of capturing the end of the actual book it's the only one that's come closest to capturing the end of the book yeah and and also even if you're not interested in vampires I Am Legend is sort of patient zero for a lot of zombie movies oh, gotcha. and, i mean just as a work of fiction the number of people who read that and were like yeah what if a virus just made everyone in the world a monster yeah it's, it's like a key key fodder for the the idea of the post-apocalyptic situation you know that you are the last person <laughs> on earth uh, and how would you cope? Like a lot of the tenets that you would see in cinema and literature uh, post I Am Legend are directly. If Georgie e. Romero's Dawn of the Dead is the blueprint template for how zombies would be portrayed on screen for the next, well, 20 plus years uh, and beyond, then I Am Legend is certainly a template for how people would be portrayed or stories would be told post some sort of apocalyptic scenario, whether it be a virus or a nuclear fallout or whatnot. I think um, it really is. It's hugely influential. I think it's so influential that sometimes we forget. You know, you forget that that... Because it's been portrayed so differently in those three movies um, as well, and, and popular culture as well. I think we sometimes forget straight away, at its core, it's a book about vampires. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it, it does stuff with that because Richard Matheson, Duncan, <laughs> slight spoilers, was a genius. It was, I, I heard that he may have had marginal success in the horror genre yeah i mean not only did he script a lot of great like twilight zone and that kind of thing uh i am legend Mm -hmm. and uh hell house oh yes (laughs) and i mean you do that and you're you know you're a mean man (laughs) right yeah you're a mean man in mobster terms right right at that point you gotta die before you're kicked out of horror uh, yeah, no, uh, and both those books are great, but, uh, you know, like I said, I've, and I've been, I've read Salem's Lot, I don't know, this is probably the fifth time I've read it, mm-hmm. and I love it. it. It is, in many ways, not only is it a great vampire story, but it is just the m- most Stephen Kingiest thing that ever Stephen King... <laughs> Because it takes that notion of the the everyman that, you know, here are our vampire hunters who are, you know, a writer, surprise, surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Where does he get his inspiration? And cocaine, mostly, Duncan. But <laughs> this was more the booze years. This was, I think, before the coke really took over. Yeah, <laughs> uh, because even in the book, it's funny when you're reading it because the the character of Ben Mears is like, yeah, just going upstairs with a case of beer and do some writing. It's like, eh. 
boy, you didn't even hide it, did you? Um, <laughs> it's, it's interesting. I'm writing about a character doing exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> right. Yeah. All the characters are like, hey, we should find some cocaine, right? Um, it turns, out, turns out the truth is not Stranger Than Fiction. It is exactly the same as my fiction. <laughs> yeah. But... It, it so it it has your cast of like your vampire hunters are like this writer and an English teacher and the local doctor and a young boy of course because we mm-hmm. gotta get some youth in there but you know so you have your band of people who believe in the supernatural while the world around them continues to tick on denying it mm-hmm. and then of course they're you know proven right and yada yada and. That, I mean, that is the plot of It. (laughs) It is, you know, it's the plot of any number of Stephen King novels where you have a bunch of people who know something or believe something that the rest of the world doesn't. Mm -hmm. And in addition to that, it's kind of a haunted house story with with the Marsden house. Mm -hmm. And it's also, uh, I think, the first time in his fiction that he forwards the idea of, oh, a place can be evil, and as an evil place serves as a beacon to uh, other evil things, Mm -hmm. which is The Shining, which is, you know, I mean... It is it is a touchstone for so much of, of Stephen King's fiction, but also has elements of uh, plague fiction, you know, much like Night of the Living Dead or I Am Legend or whatever. And reading it again has been fascinating on that level of like, oh, this is so much a Rosetta Stone for everything Stephen King talks about throughout all of his writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, or the majority of his writing, as well as just being a great vampire story. Like the thing that's interesting about Salem's Lot is the word vampire doesn't appear in the book for a, like a hundred pages. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, they talk all around it, but there's a there's a point where the the book transitions from oh, this is a story about this guy returning home and finding you know the little evils in a small town to oh no this is just a vampire story now and it's it's quite good i've really enjoyed uh reading that uh for you know again god knows how many times i've read it at this point but <laughs> um it, it's a book that i can go back to and and despite some some flaws and there's definitely some dated shit like th- it, it is a book that would have a tough time surviving in a world of cell phones yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> But and let me throw one more curveball into this mix Ooh. Uh, of things I would recommend is I would absolutely recommend if you haven't seen it, both the film and TV series, What We Do in the Shadows con- yes. continues to make great comedy out of the premise of vampires. So, yeah, I've seen the movie. and We've spoke about this before. I have yet to see the TV show, and I know the second series has come back and is getting universally great praise like the first season did across yeah, the board. So, I mean, it is in the docket. It's just it's one of those things where there is so much to consume in so little time, and that's one of those things that I know for a fact. I'd like, I could probably binge season one in a night, given the, given the right given the right scenario, the right situation. That might actually happen before we record next, by the way. Um, I might just I might just binge that whole thing out so we, we can we can just speak in quotes from it. <laughs> if you do yeah, there's oh my God. The 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 number of times like, oh you stupid baby vampire uh runs through my head. Um yeah, there it, it is a 
very, very funny show, and this season has been no exception. Um, <laughs> let me give you real quick, like, just to tease you. I think it's the, yeah, the third episode of the show is built around the premise that they accidentally reveal that they are vampires uh, to the neighbor. Mm-hmm. And so they try to do a dual hypnosis to make him forget, but they go too far and they give him what are called brain scramblies. <laughs> where he forgets who he is or what anyone is around him. And so they take him out for a night on the town before they're going to kill him. Because <laughs> they're like, well, we're going to put him out of his misery because you can't just let somebody walk around being this stupid. Mm-hmm. So we're going to show him a great night and then murder him. And Weirdly, while you were talking about that, like it suddenly dawned on my mind. Like you, like you started talking about like Nosferatu vampire, you know, a Nosferatu vampire, and and then we started going back through them and all the rest. And I, I, I've never spoken to you about the actual movie Nosferatu. Oh, it's great. The the, the Max Shrek film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Uh, it, it's it holds up like as silent films go. You know, there's always that disconnect of like, well, this is all very theatrical and that kind of thing. Yeah. But it's genuinely creepy. Um, what was your view on the, the Herzog remake? I, I like it a lot. I think it's nice. a great film. We um, have an accord here. We have an accord, Bo Ransdell. What about, like, let's throw another curveball. Yeah. Shadow of the Vampires. Uh, I think Shadow of the Vampire is great. I like the premise of like, hey, we got a real vampire for our movie. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Willem Dafoe, unsurprisingly, who... <laughs> Might be a vampire anyway. Yeah. Um, no, I think all of that, like the all the Nosferatu stuff, like, and actually you could do worse than to watch the original Nosferatu, Herzog's Nosferatu the Vampire, mm-hmm. and then watch Shadow of the Vampire all in the same day. I, oh, yeah. <laughs> in fact, I might do that tomorrow. <laughs> uh, like, I'll tell you what, what I like most about the Herzog film is all of the, speaking of plague imagery... That is the the plague of the film is like all the yeah. rats and stuff. Like, yeah, there is some of the most visually striking stuff. Unsurprising from Werner Herzog, but um, <laughs> we have to have the rats. <laughs> the longer, the longer I know you, Bo, the more I realize that there is no end to the amount of Bo impressions that just come tumbling out when you least expect them. There is nothing. The rats do not touch that they do not make better. Yeah, only only Werner Herzog would be like Kinski. Kinski needs to be my like the man who who once like the man who I have a like infamous story of having to pull a gun on um, to shoot a movie uh, because he's so volatile. He will be my vampire. Um, yeah, uh, like I, I really, it's it's one of the most visually impressive vampire movies ever fucking made. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen The Mandalorian yet? No, I now have Disney Plus, though. Okay. Um, So it's it's queued up. It's just uh, we're probably T-minus about two weeks away from having time. Currently working through like a backlog of things, um, which I will save for the bit where we do What Have You Been Watching? Gotcha. Um, But, yeah, like there's tons of... There's a ton of things out there that are really, really, really good, which are distracting me from the fact that we we have Disney Plus. <laughs> We've had it for a month, and I think I watched I watched the Simpsons movie on it. That is literally all I've used it for thus far. So. 
the <laughs> Werner Herzog is both criminally underused in the Mandalorian and also used just right. Mm-hmm. And hearing Werner Herzog <laughs> being like, oh, you have brought me a baby Yoda. <laughs> it's just the best. Like, he seems so, like, how in the world could Werner Herzog give any shits about Star Wars or anything Star Wars related? And yet, he is absolutely perfect for the part he plays. He has a line where he, he says... Let us drink to celebrate the conclusion of our shared narrative. <laughs> so fucking good, man. You're like, no matter what you think about the Mandalorian, of which I, I adore. I think the Mandalorian is the best Star Wars thing since the original Star Wars. But whatever you think about the Mandalorian, there is no denying how fantastic Werner Herzog is. In this stupid Star Wars story. And I say he's stupid the, lovingly. Like yeah, he's, he's the, literally the only reason you should ever watch any of that Jack Reacher stuff. In fact, he yeah. shows up as a villain in that first Tom Cruise movie as a, you know, one-eyed. <laughs> right. Like, arch villain. I'm like, yes. And then apart from like that, yes, he's the only person now I can think of being cast in this role. But two, why is he in this movie? <laughs> what Bad has... Point. The Empire ever touched, it has not made better. It's like, you know, it's like it's like when David Cronenberg like appears in a movie as well. That to me is just surreal. Yeah. Like, like, like you are David, you are like what maybe arguably one of the greatest directors that's ever lived. Why are you why are you trying to confine Jason Voorhees in a cryogenic lab? You know, like I just my brain, right. my brain snaps a little bit when I try and work out how that happens. Why are you here, and why aren't you in everything? Yeah. Oh God, yeah. That's always the question. <laughs> Him and Werner Herzog could give her a, like a they could they could have a TV show where they discuss how they get their hair to be so white and jaggy, and I would watch that in a second. Yeah. It, Cronenberg Cronenberg v. Herzog in a new My Dinner with Andre and you got yourself uh, a ticket sold. I'll tell you right now, they keep doing those um, those uh, they they come up during the Oscars. It's like uh, Entertainment Magazine or something. We'll do these rim tables where they get directors and actors to sit around and all the rest. Like All I want is David Cronenberg, Werner Herzog and David Lynch around the table. Go. Oh, man. <laughs> give give me that while they're all alive. I couldn't. And, um, <laughs> I couldn't even see the screen through the semen that painted. It, you know? <laughs> like, could you imagine? Like, just talking about art and cinema, my brain would fucking break. I'm gonna have to work on a Cronenberg impression just so I can do that for myself. <laughs> Got the other two covered. So. Uh huh. Um, all right, uh, Duncan. Yes. Let us move to phase two of our, our plan to rule this podcast uh, by bringing on um, our our guest for questions. Mm-hmm. Um, we were we were going to have two as we did uh, previously, um, but unfortunately that did not work out. So uh, alone in the chair this time, Duncan. Oh yes, is going to be uh, one Jerry Herring. Oh. <laughs> Um, I believe you guys will know Jerry Herring from uh, Kill the Cast, uh, as well as uh, the offshoot programs yes. from uh, from from the Kill the Cast. You got your uh, Atomic 
it's the new one. I can never atomic saucer podcast. I can, it, it's a long name. Then there's also the, uh, underwater, kaiju under, underwater space. right. That is the, the Kaiju, uh, as the title suggests. Uh, so Jerry, yes, sir. There you are. Thank you for being here. We have actually, uh, done your introduction already. Best introduction ever. It was, it was, I, I got I to gotta wait to hear it. I got to yeah. wait to hear what y'all say about me. I even yeah. wore this shirt just for you, Duncan. <laughs> oh, nice. But, nice. For Bo, but for Bo, I just put on like really tight pants. Thank you. <laughs> That's all I need. That's all I'm looking for. Uh, so, Jerry. Yes, sir. Here, here is your responsibility. We, Duncan and I have prepared a series of questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are to answer to the best of your ability. Okay. Um, there is no right or wrong answer, although there's a right answer. So, <laughs> <laughs> Duncan, would you like to kick us off with your first question for Jerry Herring? Yes. My first question is, why are, well, why aren't blueberries blue? Why aren't blueberries blue? They're purple. Now, they... See, here's the thing. You're being prejudiced towards colorblind people because there are people who maybe see it. The guy who probably discovered a blueberry saw it in the bush and was like, it's blue and it's a berry. Fuck, I'm going to eat it. And, it, you know, years later, it's colorblind. No one wants to tell him. It's really embarrassing. And you're just kind of a dick for that, Duncan, to be honest. Well, I was, I'll be honest, Derek and the witch rolled with it and Jerry is coming hostile. <laughs> I got to be honest, Duncan. Finally, someone else is saying it. <laughs> I, I put it i speak the truth i come in here with the truth much like if this was 1998 and uh perfect blue is the greatest movie from that year and people just don't know it i have to let them know yes because uh, yeah. y'all be robbing people per- perfect blueberry yeah uh, that's right all right um so the answer is duncan is racist uh, yeah um, that uh, is correct color, uh, 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 <laughs> So isn't there, isn't there a thing that, like disabled people is colorblind considered disabled? Isn't that like it, 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 Yeah, it's, it's, it, I think it, it's a visual handicap. Yeah, my dad's colorblind. You dick. I don't know <laughs> if it's considered an actual disability or just weak. <laughs> okay, fair enough. All right, my my first question for you, Jerry. Uh, it's a two parter. I need the most and least sexy name. Male or female, what is the, the most and least sexy name? Okay, the most sexy name possible is it's a long name. Mm-hmm. It's Keith Duncan Buckley McLeach. It's a combination of the two sexiest people in the world, Duncan McLeach and Keith Buckley of Every Time I Die. And so if you put them all together, it sounds royal, it sounds regal, like it sounds smart and intelligent. And you're gonna get an instant hard on. Yeah, I, I, everything that the man just said is 100 <laughs> accurate. Bo Ransdell. Also, right. weirdly, sounds like the way uh, like an Englishman would try and create a brand for their own line of knockoff American bourbon. Yeah, and it didn't work. So <laughs> it, 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 it didn't work. So we ran for like uh, governor in the 18th century. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love everything that's happening right now, Bo. All right, I, 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 I take it. I take by what I said earlier on. You made a good call bringing Jerry on here. Oh wow! Okay. So, <laughs> sure. What um, uh, What about the the least sexy name? Uh, the least sexy name possible is M Night Shyamalan's The Village. Oh yeah, the whole thing. Sure. The whole thing. 
I can it's get all- behind that. Do you ever get the impression that what Jerry's doing right now is like a take on the usual suspects where he's just looking at the wall across from him and just picking things that he <laughs> okay. can see? First or of pandering. All, I would never, ever have M. Night Shamlaham's The Village in my house. Ever. Okay. I once bought the DVD for 99 cents mm-hmm. so I could watch the movie and review it on Kill the Cast. And I immediately, I didn't resell it. I immediately just threw it in the trash and never looked back. It is in a garbage fill somewhere. Yeah. I, I saw there. that in the theater and I left as angry as I've ever been. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> like people always say the happening is his worst movie. And I'm like, look, the happening's dumb. It is. But it's so bad that it's funny good. There's no redemption for the village. It's, yeah. it's like the happening is a movie that dares to make you believe that yeah, <laughs> Wahlberg got a degree in something academic. When are we going to have the happening to Days of the Animal Boogaloo, where the animals join in in killing people, and the only one who can beat them are break dancers? That's a good question. The yeah. Boranzo. Uh, I mean, look, we're getting Grizzly 2 finally this year. Yes, we are. So, uh, you know, another 35 (laughs) years or so before that happening sequel that was left half-finished and stars George Clooney. Um, I would love love a a Day of the... I mean, look, surprise, surprise. I would love a Day of the Animals remake, um, but I don't know that we're ever going to get one. I, I think that... Uh, I don't know. I, I think that it would be all CGI'd up. Mm-hmm. And even if I got it, I don't think it would be the movie I wanted it to be. But I do I, like the idea of breakdancers v. killer animals. What if you did snakes on a breakdance floor? Like <laughs> snakes on <laughs> snakes on loose cardboard? Like that dude who does like the spin on his back with his feet up. Just like kicking like pythons in the face and throwing them everywhere yeah that's literally like see see if we were back in 1962 roger corman would have taken that idea it would be on a poster in three minutes time and the movie would be getting made next week those were the days (laughs) all right right, duncan yes all right uh, my next question is it true that cannibals don't eat clowns because they taste funny uh it's it's not that the the clowns taste funny is that if you don't properly wash off the makeup and the uh, oils uh, and the scent of annoying children and birthday cakes, <laughs> it, it like it fucks with it. you. Like the, you know how like a smell of a food can really like kind of make it taste bad is that, but it's also like the wrong seasonings. Mm. <laughs> it, 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 that's really the problem. I yep. like, I like that in this scenario, clowns carry with them the stink of children. <laughs> and birthday cake and birthday which, cake which sucks because you would think oh hell yeah it smells like a birthday cake but what what is it it, it also smells like a, a five-year-old who's playing in a florida sandbox with heroin needles and dog shit this isn't good so you get all excited by the birthday cake because it, it it lingers further off like you, you can smell the birthday cake but then it's you get in it's mm-hmm. like is that is that florida man what is that <laughs> All right. I, I think that is maybe the best answer. Mm-hmm. All right. I was taking that. Uh, my second question, Jerry, what body part do you wish you could remove and put back on at will? A detachable piece of your body. <laughs> I can't believe you're setting them up for this. Uh, <laughs> you know what? This one isn't even funny. 
uh, I would like to remove my feet because oh. as a diabetic, they hurt. And I'd re- and if I could just remove them and not feel them anymore, mm. oh my God, that'd be great. And just put them back on when I need them. Fantastic. Okay. Practical. Yep, that is correct. Uh, right, let me swing in with one. Um, if you do not pay your exorcist, is it true that you'll get repossessed? Hmm. Okay, well, first of all... <laughs> oh, God. We have don't to- you know don't you dare shame me Borans. No, that, that was witty insightful and actually a play on words so there you go yeah yeah so first of all does the exorcist have the ability to put the the demon back because as far as i understand like when you exercise a demon it just like goes back to hell does mm. the does the the, do they have the ability to call it back or is it put in like a containment unit that some guy with no penis is going to open up because he's from the EPA and he is is very upset that you're not regulating this because the Pope has money. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's hard to say. I personally don't think you would get repossessed, but um, since the Catholics probably do the most exorcisms, there is a chance that something terribly, terribly bad is going to happen to your son. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A Catholic priest will definitely put something in you. Case <laughs> money's worth is up here. Yeah. Saying. Like they're going to put something in your son, and then you're going to have to convince everyone else at the PTA meeting that we've got to burn him, and then he's going to come back, and bam, Nightmare on Home Street reboot. There we go. Violence begets violence, Bo. That's what we've learned here. Violence begets violence. All right, let's let's get to a real question. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Real questions about blueberries and exorcisms. Yeah, I I would argue that these are the important questions that people are asking each other. You notice I only chose Duncan's questions. I did notice that. Yeah, yeah. The pandering continues, and I like it. I uh, thought you it was more of me defending the slight that you threw against him. Yeah. Oh, again, th- this is this is what'll get you the uh I don't know. I have nothing to give you. Uh, this was <laughs> respect, I suppose, but really more, what's that worth? More more promotion on Legion. Right, more yeah, you getting them fat Legion dollars. Um all right, so what one inanimate object do you wish, Jerry, that you could erase forever from the face of the planet? Okay, well, I've watched Mystery Science Theater, so not not springs. <laughs> yeah, we know how bad that goes. So if I could erase an inanimate object, I was about to say onions, but I think that doesn't count as an inanimate object because that's technically living. Well, by that category, everything's living because it's all made out of atoms. Um, so you know, uh, wow. Um, <sighs> Yeah, I know. Uh, I ask the wow. tough ones. I come I come like, hard. What do you pick that you don't use? Like what like what are you going to have that you don't use on a uh, on a yearly basis? I See, but Boran's though it comes in with a hard like yeah, brain like, pissing questions on a, what's supposed to be an entertainment podcast. Thanks, Bo. Yeah, for real, Bo. What the fuck is wrong with you? you know Entertainment. The, the, I, the mic Bo is using specifically just his name. <laughs> oh, son of a bitch. I will take over duties on Hero Hero Ghost Show. Uh, this so sucks. it's going to drop in quality. Oh, Duncan. I'm I'm so happy. I just want to say I want to live in that world where Bo doesn't have a microphone. 
Yeah, it just has just has to edit, but still has to edit the show. Duncan and Bo becomes a solo cast, right? Duncan and Quiet come correct. <laughs> uh, moving away from the the weird obtuse questions I've been asking, what's the weirdest thing you've ever bought on Amazon? The weirdest thing I've ever bought on Amazon. I don't know if I've ever... If it was eBay. Holy shit. Well, let's um, swing it to eBay then. What's the weirdest thing you've ever bought on eBay? Uh, so, okay, this one time I went... To, my buddy told me, he was like, dude, did you realize you can get, like, really cheap lingerie and sex toys from China on eBay? <laughs> and I was like, really? And so, like, he's like, yeah. And he sent me, like... He, he actually bought the weirder thing. I don't know if I should call him out like that. So like I was I was like okay so I bought this like purple uh dildo mm-hmm. and like I th- I didn't look at the size of it I just looked at it was re- oh. like really cheap and so I I bought it and like I was like oh sweet it'll be bigger than mine I'll finally be able to, to please my fiance <laughs> and it came in and it's like the same size as mine it's so fucking disappointing it's like what like this like this should be considered child pornography you just sent me like <laughs> little baby boy grimace's dick i don't understand why you why would you sell a dildo this <laughs> like children don't need dildos <laughs> the only thing that could be that story better is if it wasn't just the same size but it was just a mold of your own neck <laughs> you can remember right. again <laughs> Some, somebody <laughs> came in and like like well, as if you woke up in a bathtub of ice, only instead of taking your liver, they just took a mold of your dick. Well, they like I would only be able to tell if it was mine if they like color corrected it properly because I have like a um a very large freckle on my dick, like on the middle of my shaft of my dick. There's like this very large freckle. See, so, now like, you have set someone up to frame you for a murder. By, yeah, well, but you know what? When I turned 18, um, I got really high and celebrated by taking nude pictures of myself and putting them on the internet. So it's out there somewhere. <laughs> That's how I finish any good day, really. It's just like, you know what? Time for the internet to see my dick. Yeah, I don't send it to people. I'm not a I'm not a dick about it. I just, you know, I yeah. put it out, and if you want to go find it, it's there. If they uh, you know, n- no pun intended, if they want to come to it. Oh, nice book. Yeah. Right. Yeah, or have a good laugh, you know, whatever you need that day. Right. Or feel better about yourself. Or uh, based on your description, ferret out child pornographers. Yes. You know, if they're you know, like, I, <laughs> I want a child sized okay. dick. I was looking into getting the, into like the OnlyFans game, you know, mm-hmm. put out some sex stuff. And I was like, okay, I either had to go and do like pedophile stuff or i've gotta do like people that are into like people making fun of their own small penises like it like i'm sitting there jerking off like why are you so small you can't make <laughs> anyone come what the fuck is wrong with you by the time they figure out you have a small dick and don't know how to use it you've already came so you're already leaving in shame you could be a millionaire right now because i guarantee there is no there is no lack of like regardless what you think the sexual bent or fetish might be there's a market there it's probably a larger market that we want to give it credit for yeah so. hit me up people let me know if you want that i'll start it both <laughs> through the details in the, in the show notes. that's <laughs> right wants to be my manager just search for shame on uh, Pornhub. <laughs> i'm an x videos guy myself yeah 
you know, many, many rivers lead to the same ocean. Um, so <laughs> on a somewhat related topic, what's the worst name for a child? You're all about just the, the like names today, boy. Ah, right? two, two of them. Two of them are name questions, but uh, I, I was thinking about this, uh, you know, in contrast to a sexy name. Mm. What is just like, if you hear this name from a child, I don't mean like a Damien or something, you just hear a name and you're like, oh God, your parents are assholes and so are you. Wow. Um, The worst name for a child. Like, so many routes. Like, do you just like go, yeah, we named them Chlamydia. Uh, you know, we wanted to, you know, she gave me Chlamydia, I gave her a child. It's uh here is my child chlamydia she's itching to see you oh sir <laughs> uh, greenwich greenwich Ooh. is a horrible name oh that is like, a bad name this is my son greenwich you know he gonna get his ass beat the first day of school like as soon as hi guys my name is greenwich bam right to the face just yeah. fucked up i'm let me just throw this one out there for consideration what about tucker Tucker, uh, it, it did get ruined when uh, the world got woke and people finally realized people like Tucker Max are assholes. Uh, so, like, you don't want to be uh, a Tucker, but but when you say that, you go, oh, well, Tucker and Dale versus evil. And then yeah, you go, okay, yeah, fuck, you brought it back. Yeah, 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 all right. Yeah, you're right. So it was low for a bit, but then it got brought back. It was saved. Yeah, and then Tucker Carlson is doing his good to bring it back down. But that movie holds a lot of goodwill with me, also. Alright. Uh, Duncan, I think it, it's time for your last question. Ah, uh, yes, it is indeed. Um, okay. Uh, what is your go-to movie when you need a pick-me-up? So you're had a, you've had a bad day, <laughs> you've, you've had the worst time ever, you sit down and you're like that, I need to be cheered up right now. What movie is in your hand to Save the day. What is it? Since I was a kid, there is one movie I go to to just have fun. And, and about two, or no, not two, a year and a half, two years ago, somewhere in that time span, it became even better. And that's King Kong versus Godzilla. Nice. Because one, it's my favorite Godzilla movie to just watch. It's critically not the best, but it's so much fun to watch that American dub of it. But now it's even better because of Bo in court and their review of King Kong versus Godzilla. Because drunk Elvis Kong, just now when I watch the movie, I'm like, we should really start a a redub of this movie and like write it out and try to do it. And it's and it's change, you know, that to Elvis drunk Kong, you know, work on changing all the other because like really make this a thing. Redub, you know, this whole King Kong versus Godzilla abridged. Say man, yeah, uh, just Colonel's hooking me up with some of them berries. <laughs> that's what that's what Kong lives for, man. Just some berries. Yeah, that, no, I can't even respond to him when he does it. My mind goes blank, and like I start like shaking with laughter as if it's like a reverse scanners moment. Oh, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it, that it, that's a great movie. It, it is it is Kong looking for his fix for ninety minutes. It, it's fantastic. Um, all right. Uh, my final question. What name? No, I, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> you're in a fight. Oh. You, you can choose one of two 
items to fight with, the other person is going to get the item you do not choose. Do you pick a knife or do you take a bat? A bat. You have more length. Like, not only are you, you, you have your arms length, but you've got the bat. Worst case scenario, they throw the knife at you. And you got a, what, 50-50 chance that you just get hit with the butt of the knife instead of the blade? Is it, so wrong, you... that, is it wrong that I thought Bo, when he said a bat, I thought he meant the animal? <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is okay, Unless you have got a... rabies or some shit like that. What's this gonna do? Bitch, I'll give you COVID-19 right now. <laughs> yeah. Okay? Don't, you don't want to stop here, bitch. <laughs> don't, don't, don't make me unleash, unleash a global pandemic on your ass. Yeah. Right. Right fucking now. You might stab me, but you're about to get the Rona. Yeah. And, and, and even that, if you stab me, like, you, like it could get stuck on a bone. But you know what? If I hit you with a bat, I can lean back and hit you again. Uh, Duncan, what about you? What What's your take on this? Um, being that I think Scotland is the the knife crime country of the world. I don't know. I've just pulled that statistic at mass. But... Uh, Probably a knife, um, but like one of those kind of machete knives, you know. Oh, that's, yeah, not knife. that's not a knife. That's not a knife. That's not a knife. So, yeah. My thinking is if you've got, if, if you're up against a bat, mm-hmm. unless that bat hits you right in a cranium the first Ooh. time, like I, I think you've got one good shot with the bat. And it, oh, and it, it if it hits your leg or your arm, hits hit your leg, take you to the ground, hits your arm, you lose your knife. Right, yeah. but if if I'm if I'm dick. rushing at you and you you hit me with a bat and I fall like you hit you kneecap me with a bat, but I'm falling forward, okay. and then I'm uh, stab 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 as soon as I get close. <laughs> You're falling forward. I'm stepping to the side. Uh, there's like, only... I've got swing. I've got momentum. It's already pushing me faster. I can easily like follow through with that momentum and swing around like a fucking ballerina. <laughs> There's only one way to find out who is victorious here. You both live in the same area, so that's right. <laughs> like, I want it filmed. I want it on the internet. All right, he gets a knife. I get a bat. <laughs> I'm coming to Clarksville, bitch. Join us next week. <laughs> or maybe not. Maybe not. It depends on how this goes. But <laughs> just opened up restrictions. Yeah. So yeah we well, welcome. I love this idea of like the next the next episode dropping and I'm like, hi, welcome to Duncan and Jerry come correct. Bro, <laughs> right. sadly, is no longer with us. <laughs> Turns out the bat was the right answer. It's a retirement match. <laughs> <laughs> it's a loser leaves life. Uh <laughs> All right, Jerry, thank you so much for Pimp your show. Pimp your yes. Show. Okay. I-, I was actually hoping for double the questions, but <laughs> fine. We, we don't have that kind of like ambition. We don't have the budget. We don't have yeah, the budget. Don't, that's what it is. We don't have the budget for, for, for more than five questions a piece. However, however, the door is always open. So you, we will, we will have you back for more questions for sure. Uh, dope. I uh, I am from Kill the Cast. We uh, have a bunch of sideshows also. So maybe you're tired of horror and you've listened to Kill the Cast and you listen to my buddies uh, Friday Nightmares who are on Kill the Cast uh, with us. Uh, and you want sci-fi. Bring it on. We got Atomic Age Saucer Cat with, with me and uh, better podcasters like Darren and Court. We've got uh, Godzilla. You want your Godzilla fill? We got Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space. 
We've got great shows like Jerry Hates Action, where I just shit on Point Blank or Point Break, <laughs> whatever the fuck it's called. A stupid surf movie. I think there is a Point Blank and Point Brink, so you're fine. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> we have all kinds of shows on there. I'm always cooking up all kinds of things. I was cooking up a new show idea this morning, so we'll we'll see. We'll see what we've got. But Kill the Cast has all kinds of needs for whatever you're facing. Maybe you want to learn about Bigfoot. Colts Unknown is for you. So check it out. I'm always bringing on guests. Uh, I need to bring on Duncan for something. Actually... Want to? I just I want to do an interview show with Duncan. Like I, I've done a bunch of interview shows. Now I want to do Duncan. Well, you just let me know, and I will make it happen. You know, what? I'm gonna work out the time. I'm gonna work out the time. Start working on the questions. My questions won't involve uh, <laughs> blueberries. <fucking> blueberries. <laughs> um, it will actually be about you. Yeah, and my fascination with blueberries. <laughs> it's really weird. Do you like drink? blueberry flavored whiskey or something no they're in my fridge right now and uh, whilst i was preparing my questions earlier on the road one of those things where you were just like why is it called blueberries i don't know i don't know and then in my head i had it worked out as being a funnier question and it came out and instantly when you started answering i was like we went in with the wrong foot here (laughs) (laughs) oh no duncan ruined the show again (laughs) And but like Bull cuts out the, the mistakes he makes, he never cuts out the mistakes I make. I mean, then it would just be me talking. <laughs> Son of a bitch. All right, uh, Jerry, thank you again, sir. We will catch up with you soon. Have a great weekend, and uh, and now we will pivot over to uh, to our discussion of what we've been watching. Right, I've I've got my list ready, Bo, and I have I've got my list ready, and I've got thirty five minutes. We Let's we got this. It. We got this. <laughs> Uh, yeah. we, we watch movies a lot. I'm, I'm averaging at this point over a movie a day. Oh, that's good. That's good. Um, I, um, theater did a bit. So, uh, I'm going to start with what I've been watching. Cause I, I hope you've seen these movies and also I hope you haven't, <laughs> but I watched the along came the devils. There are two of these now. I have not. I knew the new one was coming out, but I haven't. I don't think. I, I can't remember seeing the first one anyway. Are they worth my time, Bo? No, they are not. <laughs> uh, so here's here's what happens in Along Come the Devils, uh, which I am going to put one and two together. Mm-hmm. Is they set up the idea of like, oh, here's this young girl whose mother might have been involved with witchcraft uh, or or Satan worship, and as a result, um, her daughter is now a target of possession. All right. So the first movie, I'm going to spoil the shit out of both of these. So if you don't, (laughs) listeners, if you are masochists and are like, I am by all means going to watch Along Came the Devils, um, regardless of what you say, you might want to skip ahead just a little bit. But so at the end of Along Came the Devil, the girl ends up possessed. And they're like, hey... (laughs) We don't know what to, what the fuck to do with her. We can't unpossess her. So we just have a basement where we keep possessed people. <laughs> As you do. As you do. And that's where the first movie ends. At the at the point where I got interested. Mm-hmm. And then the second movie has the fucking balls. The fucking balls. <laughs> to be like, okay, the sister of this girl comes home and starts looking for her sister. Is like, hey, she disappeared. What happened? The movie fucking ends with her finding and then releasing the possessed girl. 
And they're like, we'll be back. And along came the devil three, three to finish this story. It's like bull to the shit. <laughs> Fool me once, won't get fooled again. Um, because the most interesting th- thing that happens in both movies is what happens in the last five minutes to try to get you to watch the next one. It's like an episode of The Walking Dead. <laughs> Maybe so. Yeah, it's it's a real like it feels like you're you're watching a shell game or something oh, wow. where it's just a huckster trying to fool you into watching their movies. I was I was pissed at the end of <laughs> Along Came the Devil Two. I was like, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> Along came my penis to to fuck you in the goat ass, as many important scientists have noted. <laughs> oh, oh, I was ready for that. Yeah, but I, I don't think I'll be watching either one, Bo. It's certainly not. You should not watch either of those movies. Uh, what about you? Give me, give me something you've seen. Uh, I'll kick off with the heavy hitter, the one that consumed a bit of time uh, last weekend. Um, was that brand new season of Ozark? I don't know. Are you a fan? Do you watch Ozark? I, I don't. And and I watched most of the first season. It was one of those things of like, this is good. I just don't, I, I don't have time for a series like this right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the... It's not. It's not exactly a bundle of joy to watch. Is is a show that is predicated on you know the characters being one step away from cartel execution from start to finish, um, but it's like a swift reminder why like actresses like Laura Linney and um, actors like Jason Bateman are you know at times maybe perceived as being. Um, known for one facet of acting, but they're actually really fucking great. Like, Jason Bateman is incredible in it. Um, and it is just... I was I was concerned when they wrapped things up in the way they did at the end of season two. I knew we were going to get a season three, but, I, you know, I couldn't envisage how it was going to go because there were so many plates spinning. Um, and season three might be the best... <laughs> Uh, even better than two, and two was pretty incredible. Um, yeah, it's a show that I think just gets better each time, um, each season. I think it's primarily because I genuinely care for the characters. Like it's, it's like it's like in a lot of a lot of respects, it kind of reminds me of something like Breaking Bad. But I never really cared for Walter White as a character, um, and I, I don't think you were supposed to. He's a fairly repugnant guy. Um, whereas when you're watching Ozark, I, I constantly feel like I want, I just want Jason Bateman to get his family out and and for them to go off into the sunset, and I get a sneaky suspicion. Um, as that show moves into a fourth season, that's going to get harder and harder to happen. It is, but I think it's top tier uh, Netflix at the moment. I genuinely think it's one of the best things they put out, and I look forward to it coming back uh, in the very near future. So, yeah, high recommend for me. If you have not checked the Ozark, do it. Uh, spend a bit of time with it. it. It rewards you in its ability to just constantly keep you on the edge of your seat. So. Um, all right. Yeah. I, I enjoyed what I saw of it. And like I said, it was just one of those things where I, I kind of lost track and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden there's a second season. I'm like, I ain't got the time for that. Yeah. <laughs> ain't nobody got time for that. Right. I'm, I'm watching what we do in the shadows. I, I, yep. I can't do both. I'm watching these devil movies. I don't like, man. <laughs> like I, that, that's the thing is I, I was really in the mood for a good possession movie and it turns mm-hmm. out that there's just one of those. 
Yeah, it turns out maybe one was made a while ago and everyone has struggled to make one since. Right, but I like the idea... Uh, never mind, I, I could I could go deep into why Along Came the Devil is a real disappointing mess, but <laughs> let me instead talk about another disappointing mess. Um, so, in preparation for a show that I'm going to do months from now, oh. I have been trying to go back and rewatch the old James Bond films. Yep. And here's what I've learned about myself, Duncan. I don't like James Bond movies. I... I, See, James Bond's a weird thing in the UK. (laughs) Like, in that, like, during any, like, over Christmas, um, there'll be a ton of James Bond movies put on. Over New Year, a ton of James Bond movies will be put on. Over Easter, a ton of James Bond movies are just put on the telly. It's like they just go through phases of, of, of playing like this is James Bond season. And as a result, I have seen every James Bond movie probably more times than is satisfactory to announce on a podcast uh, to be put on the internet. I've seen them many, many, many times. And to be honest with you, I can say hand on heart, I really only like a handful of them. And, like, and the ones I like, some of them are obvious, like Sean Connery is my James Bond. Yeah. Um I love Connery as James Bond. I think the, the like everything from like Doctor No onwards is, is kind of great. I also have a, like a really weird soft spot for Timothy Dalton, even though he did a few. Well, the Timothy Dalton ones are you know he's like, he, every single movie he's about two seconds away from being fired or is fired, and he's a renegade Bond. Um, and I love that everyone kind of gushed their load over you know um, Pierce Brosnan. And I'm not the biggest fan of Pierce Brosnan. And I'm not really big into the Daniel Craig, James Bond, kind of we're doing the Born Identity sort of revamp thing either. And there's a couple of the Roger Moore ones I really like. Um, but out with that, like, it's... I mean, I wouldn't say they're, they're movies that I would credit as being, like, you know, I, I can't wait to sit down and watch James Bond. They're ones that, are if they're on the telly, I'll watch them, but... I, I would not seek them out. I don't own any of them, for example. So, um, But if they're on the telly, chances are, and they have Sean Connery in them, I will sit and watch. I watched Dr. No, because I, I was doing this chronologically, where I watched Dr. No from Russia with Love, Goldfinger, and then Thunderball. Yeah. And all of those movies, I would argue, Goldfinger, I think, is the best of, of the bunch there. Mm-hmm. And I would argue that all of them could do well by being 20 to 30 minutes shorter. Yeah, because but I think mm, yeah. You, if if you want to put me in a nap kind of mood, well, that's why they're shown over Christmas, New Year, <laughs> I, Easter over here, and they're usually shown on a Sunday, and they're usually shown kind of mid afternoon, sure. So you can get a little nap before you have your dinner. And, but I'm trying to watch them like for realsies, <laughs> and it's like a hypnotist watch or something. Especially Thunderball, holy shit, Thunderball. Yeah, is one where it's like, uh, do can we have another scene of people just swimming around in a swimming pool? Yeah, uh, that one will put me right out. And yeah. and Goldfinger, I'm with up until they're like, oh, we figured out who James Bond is. How about we just walk around the stables for about twenty minutes? But that's the that's the point. That's why Austin Powers, when it first came out, was so funny. Because right, it, like completely yes. highlights and parodies the absurdity of like a, a villain giving away his entire plan. <laughs> like, yeah, um, yeah, and then leaving Bond in the hands of his inept fucking assistants to kill him. But you've got like, like the, the beauty of those is like some of the greatest lines in cinema. I think come from 
for, from those early Bond movies as well. You know, I mean, like yeah. there's, there's nothing that makes me like I, 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 forever. Like, well, well, any excuse to you know, Mister Bond, I expect you to die. You know, like all these things that are like are, are fucking great. But yeah. I mean, like when you move, I, it's a weird one because Corey is my favorite Bond, but my favorite Bond films like are the ones with Roger Moore, but I don't like Roger Moore as Bond. I think he's just a bit I, too smarmy. Yes, I watched about two-thirds of Moonraker, and I, I couldn't even stand it. Yeah, I mean, things like um, like Man with the Golden Gun is a shout. That, you get that one on because you get primo Christopher Lee doing his Fantasy Island thing. Um, you know, an odd job. Uh, you know, you get all that stuff. Or moving it to... Um, Something like, oh, uh, uh, Live and Let Die. All that voodoo stuff is fucking amazing. But you're right, all those movies are a good 20 minutes long and it's because we have to show how much of a jet setter Bond is. Look at him here and look at him there. And that sadly is where the, we haven't learned the lessons in the Daniel Craig movies because the Daniel Craig movies are not any shorter than the original Bond movies. And what they've done is instead of having scenes of people swimming in pools or jet setting Bond or Bond at a, you know, a, a gambling table or whatnot, we've just like, well, another explosion in an action sequence will save it. They're all too long. Yeah. Every single one of them. But yeah, I, 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 I'll, I'll be honest. If they're on the TV, I will. Like if, like, if I finish recording with you right now and I sat down and switched the TV over and we were at like a quarter of the way into uh, Beauty I Kill, I would watch it. I'd watch the rest of it. It's just the way I'm programmed. The, the one thing that I've taken from my Bond movie watching is occasionally I'll catch myself uh, like doing dishes or something and I'll just go, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> I, I love the like dirty trumpet that comes out of nowhere in the in those movies where it's like, you know, well, I guess yep. it's time to go to the casino. Wah, 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 wah. And I... That cracks me up. <laughs> I want that sampled as a ringtone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> horrible screeching, sure. Uh, what about you? Um, so I've been watching a ton of stuff for Podcasts Under the Stairs. We've just went through uh, a whole episode uh, dedicated to James Wan and his movies. Um, so I was... Like, and I do like a ton of other like subset series to move around. And one of those subset series allowed me the opportunity to sit back down and check out a little movie by Brian De Palma called Raising Cain. Mm. Now, Raising Cain is one of those ones I almost feel is forgotten about. Um, I think it's forgotten about because it's kind of sandwiched in between a movie like The Untouchables, um, Carlito's Way, and fucking Mission Impossible. Like three movies that made. In fact, we could go. We could fling Scarface in there while we're at it. You know, like we'll remove Bonfire of the Vanities, which obviously was a colossal fuck up. But you know, he's surrounded by these massive, like De Palma movies, which essentially solidified him as this, you know, high end filmmaker for suspense and tension. And like when you look at a movie like Raising Kane, it's kind of like. De Palma going weirdly back to his roots, like it's kind of Hitchcockian sort of thriller. Um, I think that's why it's lost. But whilst it is not the best De Palma riff on a Hitchcock movie, you will see it does have an incredible performance again by John Lithgow, a guy who worked with De Palma on about four different projects, I think. Um, and that's just off the top of my head, maybe more than four, but I've got it in my and each of his performances. 
it shows a different side of him. Most of them are villainous performances. And he like he, I forget, like we we always sit there. It's funny how people will watch. I remember when Dexter season four came on and John Lithgow is a villain, and people were like, oh, like third drop from the sun. I can't, you know, can't believe it. third drop from the sun. I can't believe you know. Like John Lithgow can turn at his performance as if they didn't grow up with watching things like Blowout, where he's maybe one of the most menacing on-screen presences of all fucking time. Um, that you know, like coming back to watching Raising Kane, I, I can see the flaws in the movie. I understand it was an absolute nightmare for him to, to he didn't have final cut on it. The studio basically, you know, did their their choppy chop game to to put it in a way that they wanted it to. And since then, you know, if you own the Blu-ray versions of it, there there's the kind of the Palma fan edit where a fan has restructured it to the original kind of storyboards of what the Palma had written out. And I mean, it's an interesting watch. I don't necessarily think it is a better movie. It's certainly an interesting take on it. But ultimately what comes away with is John Lithgow's turning in between three and four different character performances in that movie, and all of them are fucking great. Um, And he's it's one of those ones where you get a, a great director and a great performer, and even if I don't think the movie itself holds together, I I find myself drawn to it and gravitated towards it. So yeah, it's one of those ones. Like I say, I think it'll always be the the kind of black sheep of the 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 De Palma kind of post nineteen eighty run of movies. But uh, so it's worth a, a revisit if you get the chance. All right, uh, let me let me hit you with a couple of recent um, films. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw Little Joe, which is a invasion of the body snatchers esque story. Is that, is, I mean, how many adaptations have we got? And remakes under different names and guises have we got of Invasion of the Body Snatchers at this stage? Ten? Yeah, well, yeah, but it's, you know, it, it's an intriguing idea. And mm-hmm. in this case, it it is a, a very UK kind of film. Um, where a botany company or something is making like they're working on doing uh like god bless you for not doing a cockney accent we did a botany company <laughs> mary well, poppins <laughs> save their mary poppins <gasps> let's make our own plants and that's kind of what they do they're trying to make uh, a plant um and the idea is that the plant um makes you happy you know that that uh, something about the pheromones given off by by the plant gives you a sense of peace and well being. Um, but what what the plant does, maybe Duncan, maybe is that it might basically replace your personality with an unending need to serve the plant's purpose, which is to further breed. Mm. And the thing that it's kind of an intriguing premise. The thing that's a real pain in the ass about the movie, though, is it it plays a little bit too much for my money with the, is this actually happening or is this just the perception of the main character because of stress or blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And so, like, is her son really, like, you know, is, is he just being a teenage boy who doesn't want to spend as much time with his mother as he once did? Or is he under the influence of these plans? And at the end of the day, it's still somewhat vague. And, and it was just one of those movies that I kept waiting for it to take off, and it never quite does. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and and so let me again. I'm just going to hit you with a couple of quick ones uh, because I know you've seen these. Uh, I caught up to Daniel isn't real. Ah, uh, what did you think? Uh, I thought it was great. I, I yeah. think that's that's a movie that I, I maybe was a bit resistant to see, um, only because it was like, eh, I don't know if the idea of an imaginary friend turned violent uh, really appeals to me that much. And then I saw the movie, and I was like, oh, yeah, it was just really well done, and the characters are actually interesting, and the whole notion. Uh, I think maybe that movie does better than almost any movie I've ever seen of capturing that sort of frenetic pace of someone who's going through a mental breakdown yeah it's really really good because I, I had wondered whether or not the director himself had suffered suffered any sort of anxiety based you know health issues or whatnot because it felt like it, it felt very honest on the screen yeah 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 um yeah like i i went to college with with a girl who um was bipolar and it, it evidenced itself when she went to college as it often does when you mm-hmm. like change diet and life, uh, like j- change the circumstance of like where you live and stuff around that age that you have a, uh, not only is your brain chemistry changing, but also you have this, the sort of trauma of, uh, a new life that you're building for yourself. And that kind of triggers the, the event mm-hmm. and seeing, a character being that frantic and manic was like, oh shit, I that is like it, it didn't even happen to me, but I, I recall what that was like, what it was like seeing that. And like you said, it just felt like a very a strangely honest look at mm-hmm. mental illness through the perspective of a horror film. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought it was quite good. So I saw that and then I saw an, another movie I know you've seen called Sea Fever. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. Freight Fest. Yeah, and I thought... That movie that wears its influences blatantly on its sleeve. <laughs> for sure, but I think that's kind of to the movie's credit. that it. Yep, it, I agree. That it doesn't... It's not trying to pretend that it's breaking new ground necessarily, mm-hmm. but um, I think it, I, my, my biggest problem with that movie is that some of the character work is a little bit like, oh, okay, well, these two characters are going to hook up, but then they don't because this guy's eyes explode, which is awesome. <laughs> which is kind of amazing, yeah. <laughs> but also like, eh, you know, it, it it never feels like there's a real human connection between the characters except for maybe the captain and his wife. Um, mm-hmm. But that said, I thought the effects work was kind of good and creepy and, and certainly you know, there is a timeliness to the movie now, um, which got a lot of press because it was like, Oh, it is a movie all about infection and quarantining yourself and stuff like that. Um, but I, you know, again, the world will help you market your movie. (laughs) Right. Right. And, and so one of the reasons I saw it is because it did kind of come up on the radar of like, well, this movie just got released to, to home video and look how, how much it mirrors the the world as it stands. Uh, fortunately, the the Rona doesn't make people's eyes explode. <laughs> well, not that we know of, but <laughs> not yet. Um, <laughs> waiting for that next mutation. <laughs> but but uh, I I thought it was a not a great movie, but a a, a really solid yeah kind of movie, and enjoyed it on that level. Yeah, Degree Scott is surprisingly good in it. Uh, he's an actor who. Uh, as a Scotsman, you know what I mean? I took quite a bit of interest in 
like way back at the beginning of his career when I thought, you know, this guy's going off and doing Hollywood movies. And then he did that Mission Impossible 2, uh, which was not a good movie. Um, and then he's done a couple of movies since where, I, you know, I just, I can't watch him. And, and that was going to be the big kind of turning point for me on this movie was whether or not I could spend an hour and 35 minutes watching him you know, on screen as a sea captain. And I thought he was excellent. Um, I thought he was really, really, really good. Uh, I, I mean, I think the ending is a bit too... Mm, uh, but out with that, though, um, it, it, it kept me wholly entertained at a really weird spot in the festival um, when they showed it. It was at that time where people are just back from their their, their kind of their dinner. And you know that you have to you have to come out with something punchy to get people back energized, and it, it was a really good watch. Um, but yeah, it has it has some issues for sure. All right, uh, hit me with something. Yeah, um, so I, as part of my, I've watched loads of movies that my wife hasn't watched, and we should maybe catch up with movies that she hasn't watched. That I think she may like. Uh, I rewatched Underwater, which came out this year as well. That's the Kirsten Stewart kind of. Now that we're talking about sea creatures uh Carson Stewart underwater have you seen this yet I have it's it's kind of on my short list but I I keep going back and forth with how I feel about Kristen Stewart you should watch it you should watch it I, I think it's is he dumb movie for sure oh, but, but um I quite like her in this movie. I, th- I think she's. I think she's actually pretty good in this movie for what it gives you. You also have like a really strong performance by Vincent Cassell, who you should just watch in principle anyway. Um, and I, I mean, it's is he? It's a kind of ludicrous idea for a movie, but some of the visuals towards the end of the movie are just like if you. And knowing the sort of stuff you like, Bo, um, you need to watch the movie. You need right. to get to the end of the movie. Some of the visuals towards the end will will hit you just right. It's not the greatest. It's an entertaining movie, to be sure, and it flies in. It's about an hour and a half, so they don't fuck around with it. Um, so, yeah, coming back to it, I was I was interested to see if I would enjoy it as much knowing how the ending goes uh, and turns out I enjoyed it even more on the second watch. So yeah, so it's it's, a, it's the kind of people were saying it's the it's the movie Cloverfield should have been. I disagree with that because I quite like Cloverfield. Um, but in terms of reveal, uh, yeah, <laughs> if someone told me it was part of the Cloverfield universe, I would be I would be a believer. And why it isn't confuses me. But yeah, right. it's, it's definitely one you should check out. I, I definitely will. That that is that's all I need to hear is just somebody be like, no, no, no. It, it, there's enough monster to this monster movie. Yeah, the payoff the payoff at the end is worth the the journey through it for sure. Um, let me. I'm gonna wrap up with, with two quick recommends. One of I, I I can't believe you haven't seen both of these movies. I'm sure you have. The first <laughs> is the documentary Overnight about the director of. Uh, uh, the Boondock Saints, Troy Duffy. I have seen it. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, was that your first time watching it? Uh, no, I'd seen it before, but yeah. it was one of those things where I, uh, I saw someone mention it and I was like, I'm going to go back and watch that again. You, you really just want to watch someone, like an absolute shit stain, get get served as just desserts. <laughs> right, by another shit stain. Which is the the crazy thing about it. And like looking at it through modern eyes, it's about a guy who fucks with Harvey Weinstein to the point 
yeah. that his career is kind of ruined yeah. and deserves it. He deserves it. But also watching it now, it's just like, oh, all of these people are terrible. Yeah, every single every single facet is, you know, but, with the, the amazing Sean Connery performance and a little bit of Bon Defoe. Yeah, every, everything else can burn. <laughs> yeah, and it's... <laughs> like I don't typically go in for kind of Schadenfreude viewing, mm-hmm. but there is something about the tale of Troy Duffy that is impossible for me to look away from. Oh, that's it's, yeah, it's a it's a slow motion car crash on screen. That's that's what you know. It's why like in a in the world that we live in now that you can have a movie like The Artist, which is basically kind of the dramatized comedic version of Tommy Wiseau trying to make the room. Um, <laughs> Why we don't have a version of that, you know, covering this particular story confuses me because he's he's such he I I go I think there are I think it's a really interesting story because I think Hollywood is probably littered with people like that. that oh yes, you know, that genuinely think that you know the like when when something gets signed off by a studio or something's going to happen, they are going to be the next Quentin Tarantino. Um, and to see that there is a game that you have to fucking play, and if you don't play that game, if you don't acclimate to that that world, that they will chew you up and spit you out like you are yesterday's news. Um, I think is he is he very telling tale, but you are right. I remember people praising Harvey Weinstein, <laughs> like <laughs> when that document, well, I put him in his place. You know, this guy's like that. Whilst, you know, at the same time, not in the full knowledge that this guy was going around doing the most fucking unspeakable, horrible things himself. But right. uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fascinating story. Yeah. And th- the other one that is a little more uplifting and certainly a movie that if you haven't seen it in the past, you know, few years, man, man, Duncan, uh, I watched uh, the original 12 Angry Men, the Sidney Lumet film. Not seen it in ages, actually. In fact, we're talking easily over a decade. Uh, man, is that movie, not only is it as as relevant a movie as it's ever been, mm-hmm. but holy God, Duncan, just the, the level of performance from not just Henry Fonda, but Lee J. Cobb as sort of the asshole in the room, and Jack Klugman, and I can't think of the actor's name, but the, who's like the old man on the jury. Which, mm-hmm. I mean, for listeners, if you've never seen 12 Angry Men, the whole premise yeah. of the movie <laughs> is uh, uh, there's a murder trial where a young, I think he's an Italian kid or Hispanic kid, something like that, young kid is uh, convicted or uh, is on trial for murdering his father. And they, the the 12 angry men of the film are the jury who go into the jury room. Uh, they take a preliminary vote of guilt or innocence. And it turns out Henry Fonda is the lone voice saying, I don't, I, I'm not saying the kid isn't guilty. I'm saying we owe him a discussion. Mm-hmm. And the movie just explodes from there. It is, I mean, it's just a masterpiece. Yeah. It, it is it is beautifully acted and shot and constructed. And it's one of those movies that after I watched it, I was like, oh, right. There are just movies that are like beyond reproach. Yeah, that, oh, yeah. <laughs> and that, that are just, when you see them, they're undeniable. It's like, uh, like Paths of Glory or something like that, where you're just like, oh, this is just one of the best movies that ever was or will be. Mm-hmm. And it did my heart good, Duncan. 
it, it, it is, it was such a beautiful piece of art. Um, so I wanted to, to leave you with a recommendation of like, if you haven't seen in a while, it's not two hours long, watch 12 angry men and you will come away a better person. Nice. Uh, you got anything else? I know, I know we got to wrap things up soon, Duncan. Yeah. Basically like go and check out the Wannaverse episode for podcasts under the stairs. It pretty much captures what I've been watching. Uh, a lot of in the in the interim, <laughs> like in between, uh, we do a discussion on all the James Wan directed movies out there. I suppose the only other one that I would I would touch on as a kind of I watched this movie again, and um, similar to you, it's one of these ones where you you're coming back to something. Recently, Netflix acquired all the Studio Ghibli movies. Oh right. Um, um, and I've been working my way through with my my daughter watching them, and uh, we watched Spirited Away, which is maybe one of my favorite anime movies ever fucking made. And it's just like every scene of that movie is like just breathtaking, like just the way the composition, the score, the story itself, um, just like. I think, yeah, I I can't remember if it did win the Oscar, but if it didn't win the Oscar that year, then all the jury should be taken out of the back and shot. It's fucking incredible. I think it, like, and and that's, that is one amongst many incredible things that that studio has put out. But yeah, there's my counter to your one. If you have never seen Spirited Away or it's been a while since you watched Spirited Away, sit down and watch that one. I think it is a pure good from start to finish. Yeah, one best animated feature. Uh, yeah, at the yeah. 2003 um, Academy Awards. So, yeah. yeah, it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. And, you know, it hasn't aged. That's <laughs> why watching on Netflix is like, this could have been, it helps that uh, Studio Ghibli have maintained their aesthetic pretty much throughout the, you know, it, it doesn't age because everything they put out looks the same. Um, or, you know, there or thereabouts. But yeah, incredible, incredible movie. So, yeah, if you haven't seen it in a while, go check it out. If you haven't seen it, Please check it out. Trust me, it is incredible. You will enjoy. Yeah, don't don't be an asshole. Watch yeah, uh, watch much. Spirited Away. Yeah, pretty uh, much. All right, Duncan. Uh, as, as we wrap things up here, uh, let's uh, let's pimp what we have to pimp. I know you you said the uh, the Wanniverse episode of Podcast Under the Stairs, which uh, Jamie uh, Sammons and I were a part of. Uh, yeah, it was. It was awesome. You should go and check it out. It's just under four hours of us talking about James Wan with wildly different opinions on his filmography. Um, as well as that, I'm currently working through a Phantasm Russian Roulette franchise retro. Bo is on that as well, so you can check out Bo over there with that. And uh, yeah, we're just doing various bits and bobs uh, under the stairs at the moment, which is keeping me busy uh, on the run-up to the inevitable Summer Teapot's Top 10 series uh, which we'll be looking at the decade of the noughties or aughties. Um, so, yeah, that'll be fun uh, going through that. Me and Bo spent about 45 minutes before we started recording talking about how how serious this is going to get. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, more information on that will be coming up on upcoming episodes. Excellent. And uh, and for my end of things, uh, you know, check out legionpodcasts.com. That's where you're going to find everything. Uh, also on Twitter at Legion Podcasts and on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Legion Podcasts. Uh, all those places you can find uh, good, good fun. Just, just good, clean family fun. 
is our motto. Family fun. That's right. Just like this show. So, uh, everybody, thanks for listening. Thanks for continuing to uh, support this show. And, uh, hey, the the best thing you can do if you're uh, having a good time listening to it is to uh, tell a friend. We always appreciate that. So, uh, I guess until May, Duncan, Mm. uh, there is nothing left to say but uh, to tell you, say goodnight, Duncan. Good night, Duncan. Ah! Yeah, it's a hot day. I'm hanging in the sunshine. You should hit me with the splash gun so I cool down. Won't you come on over? We can party till the sun's down. Baby, let me buy you a drink while we're dancing to blink. I could go for some Queen B2. Ace is going boom. Some crazy